Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Did somebody say playoffs? The NBA, MLB, and NHL are in full swing, and our partners at Bet Online have you covered. Whether you're like Charles Barkley and you want to bet the eight seed for a sweep, or you want to go with a little bit safer bet, doesn't matter. Bet Online has you covered. Take full advantage of sports being back and get in on the action with hundreds of odds, futures, and props for you to bet on. And there is always the online casino as well. It never closes. So head to betonline.ag today and sign up to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Bet Online, your online sports books experts. <laughs> What's up, Clipper Nation? Welcome to a brand new episode of the Believe in Clippers podcast. Jesse Cass and Alex Zacker back with you here for a, a reaction pod to, to Game 4. A devastating loss for the Clippers, 135-133 overtime. Of course, Luka Doncic with the, the game-winning buzzer-beating three. Uh, we'll break it all down here on this episode. Alex, uh, I know you were watching that one uh, over from Italy. Uh, we were kind of texting back and forth through the end of it. Uh, but uh, just a, a wild game, and obviously the Clippers came out on the on the wrong side of it. Yeah, for sure. It was a great game to watch, man. And I just, man, I'm a little disappointed by everything. But uh, you know, nonetheless, it was a it was a really good game. You know, from the beginning to end. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly there's always positives to take away from it. You know, the Clippers. You know, we'll talk about them blowing their own lead. They did come back from 12 late to to force the overtime, but. Just some, uh, you know, questionable schematic things late that that really cost them, and uh, you know that's been kind of the talk for you know, the reporters and the you know, on Twitter, and just the reaction that, you know, if the Clippers kind of execute properly or do the right things defensively, they probably come away with the win. And I think you know the most glaring one or ones in particular, twice in the last thirty seconds, instead of doing the you know the hedge and get back, which they did so many times late in the game. They switch that screen and have Reggie Jackson, one of their their weaker defenders, on Luka Doncic rather than you know any one of Kawhi, Paul George, and Marcus Morris. And of course, on both of those possessions, Luka Doncic scores, including that game winner. Yeah, that was that was it was definitely ill advised for that for that to happen countlessly over and over again. Knowing that Luka Doncic is their go to guy and he's going to definitely dominate and score. And have the ball at the last minute. You know what I mean? Um, he was he was just shooting the ball in the in the in the ocean from that point anyway. So why are we switching? Get the ball out of his hands. You know what I mean? Make somebody else score, create for somebody else. Um, it was just it was, it was something I was just yelling at the screen. I know you was too, Jess. I was texting you back and forth like, what the hell are they doing, man? Why they keep switching on this guy? Um, they got their best defender and they're switching like. Like, it's just a casual game. You know what I mean? Like, this guy is playing off one leg. He doesn't even have Porzingis, and he's playing phenomenal. You know what I mean? At the age that he's at, this is this is record-breaking moments where he has the ball in his hand. You got to stop this guy, man. You can't let this play out like this. 
you know, in your favor for sure. Yeah, and like you said, you've got to give Luca all the credit because he's clearly just, you know, another level of superstar, like you said, at this age. But at the same time, uh, you know, there's the real opportunity, especially if you, even if you just break it down to that last possession. You know, they do the right thing. They let the clock wind down. They take their foul to give with 3.7 seconds. And then, like you said, with that little time, you have the opportunity, even if you do switch, to run a second defender at him, either make him force a tough double-team shot or pass to someone else and make them make a play. Uh, it just, as you said, it wasn't the, the right way to go about that last possession, and they got burned for it. Yeah, for sure. Um, I know it's hard to say, you know, uh, from that standpoint, in that crucial point of the time where you're in the heat in the moment and, you know, you're just going to let it play out. But you got to force the the action and making sure he's uncomfortable. He, You know what I mean? Like, he knew exactly what he was. He did a step-back jab going right to back to his favorite spot, going left with the step-back, pull-up three. You know what I mean? It seemed like he did that a million times over um, and efficient, you know, and – it just looked so smooth. I can't believe how many times I've rewinded that. You know what I mean? Even yeah. that whole play, it was just perfect. Knowing that they were going to attack Jackson and they they were going to switch. I looked at him every single time where he was at, guarding the big man, then he switched out to Luke. I was like, oh, my God. This was a perfect play for Luca to score. You know what I mean? It, yeah. was, it, was, it was really good. No, it was it was well drawn up by, by Dallas and Rick Carlisle. And, you know, Reggie Jackson, you know, not to his fault, he did all he could to defend it. But like you said, just for the Clippers side of it, he's not the guy you want defending it, even though he put up a good contest. As you said, Lucas still did the move he wanted, got to the spot he wanted. And even with that contest, you know, he had the height advantage. He had the momentum going his way and just was able to get, you know, a clean look and obviously was able to knock it down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I, I really can't even pinpoint to this point. Like, we just discussed it before we got on this podcast. They were in a, a, a crazy league. What was it, like 21 points or something like that? Yeah, early in the – or midway yeah, through the second Yeah, quarter. like, I can't – I've just seen some phenomenal plays from, from – from Lou Williams, you know what I mean? Going right, scoring, efficient. Like, I've seen phenomenal plays, and I'm just looking at the score like, how the hell are they losing? And how the hell is Dallas coming back? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is crazy. But um, uh, bucket after bucket, nobody can get a stop. You know what I mean? And the, the Clippers took a lot of ill-advised shots. Um, it was guys just playing against each other. I felt that Lou Will was hot. They definitely need to spread one for a flat and give him the rock and let him just take anybody that was in front of him. You know what I mean? And it showed, like, man, get us, this dude is a proven winner in the fourth quarter. Give this guy the ball, relax. If he's getting double teamed, you got spot-up shooters that are knocked down shots. But, um, again, we had, you know, um, George was, was struggling again, you know, and that definitely helped hurt them. Uh, later on down the stretch, he was like two for fourteen or something like that. Um, hit a big th- um, big layup or free throw. I mean, I forgot what it was a jumper, fifteen footer, uh, to help. But it was pretty much too late in that moment. You know what I mean? Because he was just trying to get that rhythm back so much, and I felt like he was playing against his teammates. You know, instead of just giving up the ball and, and letting guys just feed it off um, and, and and take over the game for him, you know, like they did last time. Yeah, and yeah, for me there was a couple of things, and you hit on a, a few of them right there as well. The, You know, with the lead, I thought that you could see a drastic shift in either focus or energy, and, you know, clearly they thought they had the, the lead, they were playing well. 
the mindset for whatever reason just kind of shifted where that you know the effort that got them that lead kind of went away and you saw Dallas continue to play and then by that point once yeah. it's a close game you know it's tough to to get that focus back they did what they could but you know a big kind of mental lapse really allowed the game to, to become what it was and then you throw in a couple of other things that we you know we praised Doc Rivers and the coaching staff for in game three matching Boban's sure. minutes with Zubats you know this game they went completely away from that and you know, as good as Harrell has been at times this year, he just can't be the guy when Boban's in the game because of that huge size advantage. And Dallas, again, took advantage of that. And that was part of the comeback. And, and as we said, some of those switches and the unnecessary things. And then, of course, Paul George. You know, it's not a small thing at this point. This is three games in a row where this is someone who the Clippers have relied on all year, one of the best players in the league, mm-hmm. who's just really, really yeah. struggling. And it's more than just missing shots you can see he's hesitating he's overthinking it uh and you know that hesitation and you know mental block that he's got going on right now is really hurting the team yeah for sure i think for paul george if he sees film and, and i see it clearly is that you got small guards guarding you and you're bringing up the ball trying to mix them and cross them over and you're not playing to your advantage you know what i mean um pass the ball up, get to your spots in the post, and now you're working into your positions where you're hitting 15-footers that you can normally hit, you know, with a dead ball where you're not dribbling so much and they're ripping you and bringing the, you know what I mean, bringing the ball up the court yeah. doing too much. So know your your strengths, and he has that strength. He can post up. He can definitely post up for sure. He's done it many times and fading off these little guards. So get to your, your strong suits and stop wasting time and energy and be more efficient on that way. And he's a veteran now. You know, those those veterans like LeBron James and Jordan when he got older, known, and Kobe Bryant, I got to get to the post. I can't waste energy trying to in and out between cross and do all this stuff and try to blow by little guards. He's a big guard. He can't do that at all. Yeah, and I think also watching it and looking back at some of the film of it too, it's, just, it's kind of what I was talking about before as well, just the, the that little bit of hesitation, even if it's just a little is affecting his game so much because he's such a rhythm smooth player if you see him you know open for a three one second then the head fake and then all of a sudden you're dribbling into traffic you know yeah even if he's shooting poorly he's got to put those shots up and then like you said kind of take advantage of what the defense is giving him get to the basket more two free throw attempts for him is is something that the Clippers can't accept he's got to be able to be aggressive and get to the line like you said post up take advantage of mismatches and and be more aggressive overall. I mean, there was one play where he was on the fast break, pretty much one-on-one with with Seth Curry in front of him, and he just pulled the ball, you know, he hesitated, backed the ball out, instead of just going right to the rim. You know, that's a guy, he's six inches taller then, and could easily either A, dunk over, B, do a little Euro step or C, (laughs) draw the foul, do something, go to the basket. But, you know, that, you know, it shows how big a thing confidence is, because we know how good Paul George is, but clearly he's, He's struggling a little bit right now. Yeah, yeah, he's struggling a little bit right now. And that just goes, like I said, all the counting stuff. Just go watch film, man, and see what you're doing and and what you can be doing more efficient, you know. Um, so they're going to fix that for sure. They're going to change that. It can't be too many two games in a row where he's playing like this by no means. You know, he's a he's a elite power force that they need him to score and go. So it has to happen this next game coming up. 
Yeah, I mean, Paul George over the last three games, 10 for 47 from the field. So obviously it's a big slump for him. And, and the Clippers, you know, they expect him to be a star. So he's got to... He's got to come up in big, especially now. We're 2-2 in this series, so it's a, it's a huge Game 5 coming up for him and the team. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm just really pissed. They, they <laughs> let this game slip away like that. I can't even. I can't even. I, I was texting you like, man, are you seeing this? <laughs> Jess, it was crazy, man. It was a really good game, but it was just like, wow, what's going on? Yeah. Now, it was one of those things, like I said, you could – you could sense it or in the second quarter when that lead went from, you know, 21 down to, you know, 13 or 12. Right in that moment, just you could see the focus slip. And then, as you said, the rest of the game, it's just you're kind of in a dogfight from there. And, uh, you know, obviously no excuses. The Clippers should win that game regardless of who's on the floor with that lead that they had. But you can, you can see the absence of Patrick Beverly, too, who, of course, as I said, no excuses. Dallas was without Porzingis, so they have, you know, both teams dealing with injuries, but the Clippers' record with Beverly on the court, thirty-nine and thirteen. Without him, they're now twelve and twelve. So I think, you know, oh, wow. it shows just how important he is to the team. And I think a lot of people don't realize that that as that not excusing the loss, they should win that game anyway, and they can win without him. But uh, little plays down the stretch, the rebounds on the offensive end that he gets, of course, his defense, the corner threes, you know, even all these switches and trouble we're talking about with someone like Reggie Jackson on the court defensively you don't have that problem when Beverly's out there so it's a it does make a difference and you can clearly see the effects of that during uh, some of these games yeah for sure this I mean Pat Beverly is very vocal and and that's what he brings is that tenacity of being vocal and speaking out and putting people in their positions you know what I mean so I see a lot of one-on-one basketball, which is great. That's that's Clipper basketball for sure. But uh, a little bit of a little bit of just slowing it down for one second, and it's like, yo, relax. You know what I mean? We're doing too much. We we're up right now, and we're acting like we're down. You know what I mean? So yeah. Stop fighting each other and and trying to see who's going to score the most and do all this. Everybody can score the basketball at a high level. We just need some stops, man. That's it. Down the line. Yeah, no, and, and if you look at the numbers in this series, you know, Doncic is going to get big numbers no matter what, but when the Clippers have been able to get the matchups they want defensively, and of course Dallas is going to do what they can to negate that and get those switches, but the statistically, when it's either Marcus Morris or Kawhi Leonard guarding Luka Doncic, the, the, the difference is drastic versus when they get that mm-hmm. mismatch of, you know, Jackson or Shamit or whoever, whoever else they get the switch on, but when the Clippers are able to fight through that and get their you know, primary defenders, Morris and Leonard, on Luka, it's a huge difference. And then also throw in the numbers defensively when Zubats is on the court are tremendous compared to some of the other Clipper big men out there. So those are you know, things they have to tighten up going forward and, and find the right rotations and make those right decisions down the stretch. True, true, true. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. They got a lot of work to do in figuring out, but a short period of time, man. Um, what about Porzingis though? Is he back next game as well? I mean, it's another thing. Obviously, you know, when we were recording the other day, it was a game time decision for Luca, and we saw how that turned out. It's uh, they said another. Ga- it'll be a game time decision for KP uh, for Dallas in Game Five. So it's unknown. It's up in the air. Uh, you know, could go either way, but. Either way, the Clippers are going to have to, you know, come up with something to 
to bounce back after what was a really a really tough loss against Dallas. Facts. Yeah. Alex, what what do you yeah. think of the the Clippers' final play in regulation? You know, they had the tie game. They were able to pretty much wind down to near the final shot. They got the ball in Kawhi's hands, and he seemed to settle for a little bit tougher shot than what we know he can get. And he obviously in the overtime, you know, got to his spots and started draining shots right after that. But the end of regulation, yeah. what do you think of the, you know, the cut, the tough kind of fadeaway two that they got at the end for that look for Kawhi? Man, we we've seen Kawhi hit that game winner over the 76ers uh, <laughs> going right, which is his specialty fading. Um, over over guys that's two times as big as him, you know, for game point. That's his go-to shot for sure. Um, so that's no surprise, you know. So uh, it was just I can't even say nothing. Like he is he is that guy. He can shoot that shot for sure. You know what I mean? I'll live and die with that shot. Um, so I really can't say too much about it. I think that you know it was it was one of those things where it wasn't designed as a shot that you know everybody was wait ready for him to take at that moment, and um, it wasn't a play for it. He just like actually just went to that spot and just tried to shoot that thing. You know what I mean? So um, I would I would definitely put the ball in his hands for sure at the end of the, at the end of the shot clock. Yeah, no, no question. question about it. If yeah. that's his go that's his go to, and he's getting comfortable knocking down that shot nine times out of ten he's going to make that in his world you know so um i can't say nothing too much about that shot at all yeah the, the only thing i would say is that you know obviously i think there's probably the worry if you go a little deeper you know dallas might send the double team late um so he wanted just kind of the open spread floor but you know maybe get a, a few feet closer in the, the mid-range where he's pretty much automatic and get a look Definitely. like that but either way like you said you want the ball in Kawhi's hands and you know i think We'll see if they adjust that going forward or if they're in a late-game situation. But I thought, you know, yeah. with, with how well both Kawhi and Lou were shooting it, you know, Lou initially had it and then just kind of hand it off. Maybe set that up in a pick-and-roll between the two and make the defense react a little more. But either way, like yeah. I said, you want the ball with, with one of those guys. And, and ideally, with you know, Paul George when he's, you know, a little bit better and right like he normally would. But obviously Kawhi is the guy you want taking that shot. Yeah, Kawhi and Lou for sure. No, no, no question about that. I think the biggest thing is that why did it even come down to that point right there? Yeah. Why he had to take that shot? You know what I mean? Like, why do we make ourselves suffer that much in order for him to save us? Like, we were both doing, we were all doing some crazy stuff to get to this point. We we're up twenty-one points. Yeah, that's a huge lead. You know what I mean? Especially in the NBA. So that's 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 something that we got to think about collectively as a, as a team uh, to go from that point for sure yeah no that's that's the main point of it and you hit it right on the head there obviously all these late game you know single moments you can look back at it and they do make a difference and obviously one thing can can change the outcome of a game but the mm-hmm. game was it was really lost when the Clippers lost their focus when they had the big lead and, and kind of took their foot off the gas and as you said they're up they're rolling they're intense and then all of a sudden for whatever reason just you know the guard drops whatever you want to call it and then they lose that edge and all of a sudden you know the game is different so I think if you know for game five at least you got to have that energy throughout the entire game and you know it, 100%. you think that you shouldn't have to learn that lesson at this point in the season but you know maybe some of the <laughs> the, the issues of being off for so long and, and obviously this team has had a ton of injuries over over the year of trying to get comfortable with each other who knows what the reason is but 
Uh, hopefully that lesson is something that they actually learn from and you know we don't see any more of these moments where they just kind of tune out basically it was just something that they can't yeah. do at this point in the year yeah yeah it, I, don't, I don't know just the momentum shifted for sure and uh it shifted in Dallas's favor and they rolled with it you know and the confidence came in and they felt that they can actually get that done you heard Lucas Donovich's uh interview in the beginning like at the end of it he's like man most people didn't think we're here but we're here and we're gonna win we want to win you know what I mean so they got they got confidence in winning. They don't care. They know the Clippers are the dominant force in the West and all of the stuff that, you know, the, the titles and stuff like that and the people they have on their team. But they put on their shoes the same way. They want to win the same way. You know what I mean? So hats off to Dallas and, and the unbelievable confidence they have, especially with the lack of uh, – um, guys they have poor genius he's minus 30 points you know what i mean if he's yeah. not playing you know so it's crazy man these guys are working yeah no, i mean you know donsich obviously with the the crazy stat line but it's it's like you said it's not just him and even without porzingis you know all of these role guys have pretty much been at least from the clippers perspective perspective too comfortable you know they're all playing so well and just getting shots that they want trey burke seth curry tim hardaway jr all just you know, putting up numbers on very efficient shooting, uh, you know, it's it's tough to focus on a star and the role players, but, uh, yeah. you know, the Clippers need to do a, a better job on those guys of making them more uncomfortable and not having them get such easy, open looks. Yeah. Do you, do you think do you think that um, the Clippers are looking past Dallas into the future of, you know, like trying to, like we're going to play the Lakers, that's who we really want, instead of locking in and focusing on what's in front of them right now? you think that might be the problem? No, I, I think, I definitely think there is somewhat of a let your guard down factor, but I, I don't think it's because they're looking forward to other teams. I think in this case, like you said, I thought they came out with the right energy, and maybe because mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, Porzingis is out of the ball game, you get that big lead, and, you know, that's when you let your guard down. So I don't think they're looking forward past the Mavericks, but there certainly could be a case made that, you know, they thought that the Mavs would just roll over or that they could just coast the rest of the game and clearly that wasn't the case so as you said hopefully that's a lesson that you know you have to play the full 48 minutes and, and not let your guard down at all because you know while Dallas is the lower seed the Clippers are a more yeah. talented team Dallas we knew coming in was the best offense in NBA regular season history and they clearly even if they don't defend the best they're going to put up a lot of points no matter what so you have to be able to kind of keep your thing going throughout the game. No, you hit it on the head. You're getting that many points up, that means you're not turning the ball over by no means. That means you're rebounding the ball. The, the, every you know possession you're getting, getting second shots, uh, second chance shots. Uh, you're actually proficient, you know what I mean, and, and and scoring the basketball at a high level. You're you're making free throws, which is very valuable, valuable uh, in the game as well. You know, um, so. You're doing a hell of a job if you're scoring that many points and you're the number one uh, leading team in the NBA. Yeah, and and that was a big factor, both those things that you mentioned. You know, rebounding, Dallas, you know, plus 11, I believe, on the glass. They had two huge offensive rebounds late in the fourth quarter in overtime that allowed them to get second-chance points. And then free throws, Clippers got there more. They made a higher percentage. They, they were 29 of 32, so they shot outstanding from the line. And you obviously okay. can't can't really fault Lou Williams because he was incredible in this game too. But incredible. 
his one missed free throw, you know, as he made two out of three when he got fouled on a three late in the fourth quarter. Yes, man, that killed. Yes, I mean, yes. If he makes it, they, they're up one. They end up getting that stop, and then Dallas is playing the foul game. It just, you know, it completely changes the, the complexion of the game as well. Yeah, true. He missed that first one, yeah. All right, so Alex, what do, what do you think? Game five, obviously, a big swing game, series now 2-2. Uh, you know, we've talked on some of the things the Clippers need to improve on, but just game plan looking forward, what's the key or some of the keys for the Clippers to, to bounce back and try to take control back in the series? Man, just don't be hesitant. I think uh, uh, don't be hesitant by no means. You know what I mean? These guys, are, these guys are here. They want to take, you know, take you out. They take you out. They they definitely did a hell of a job doing that. You know what I mean? They, so you got you got to be confident from from jump ball all the way to the end and lay it all out. But I think the most important thing is you guys got to understand that you got to put the ball in the right situations and stop wasting energy and time. Lou Williams probably play him a little bit more. I would say you know what I mean. This guy's getting to the basket at will. He's making layups. There's nobody stopping this guy. So. I would get him there in there. I would probably play the hell out of him. He's getting to the free throw line. He's doing everything positive for the team. Um, if George isn't, you know, efficient like this, maybe this isn't his series. You know, maybe he probably have to sit down a little bit. You know what I mean? So don't force it on him to to be the Paul George that he he we know that he can be. Uh, Doc Rivers probably just play him a little bit less. You know what I mean? And have the other team. You know, figured that out for him. Yeah, I, I would mean, definitely say that. Yeah, obviously Lou, you know, has his own trouble defensively, but I, I give Lou a lot of credit for, as you said, one, just being a force on the offensive end, and two, you know, even though he's a smaller defender who's not as good on that side of the court, you can still see him really competing on that end, and he was doing a lot of that showing and getting back to the defender. I thought he did a nice job in the ball game, and and as you said, you know, you hope you don't want Paul George to force it, but. Uh, it would definitely be a big time help if if he could arrive in this series for the Clippers. They, you know, they gave up a lot to get him. He's obviously a max level star player. Uh, you know, he's got to yeah. perform for at some point for this team uh, for them to get to where they want to be. Especially right now, yeah, for sure. All right, Alex. Yeah, so we'll uh, we'll uh, hope we have a better result for the next game, and we'll be back to to break that one down. But we needed to to get that reaction out there for the people. So thanks for for taking the time to talk, and uh, we'll hope for a better Game 5 coming up on Tuesday. Tune in, man. I'm going to be locked in for that one. Got to watch it. Big thanks to Alex, as always, for taking the time and breaking down some Clippers basketball. Series now 2-2, big Game 5 coming up on Tuesday, 6 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Prime Ticket and TNT. So we'll hope the Clippers can, can bounce back, and we'll see if Paul George can finally get it going and you know, get out of his head a little bit. The Clippers really need him, and they need their defense to, to lock in a little more, and they need the right rotations and coaching moves, which they did not get in Game 4. So we'll see if the Clippers can bounce back. Uh, they will be the technically the home team, not that that really matters in the bubble, but big Game 5 coming up, so we'll be locked in and looking forward to it, and we'll have another reaction pod following that one the next day. So stay locked in here on the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple or find us wherever else podcasts are available. But that'll do it for this one on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. 
We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Clips. <laughs> For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.